On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are joined by one of our favorite guests, Alex Barth, of course, here to talk uh, the draft. Obviously, what else will we be talking about? It's going to be a heck of a show, so buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has Pass. Wilson, quick throw. And it's good. Thanks for coming through, man. We appreciate it. We have uh, all sorts of technical difficulties all over the place. Uh, not live streaming this one, but it will be out in podcast form. But w- it doesn't matter how it happens. We're just happy to have you with us, man. We appreciate you coming through. Appreciate you guys having me. I think the difficulties were on my end, so I apologize for that. But uh, hopefully uh, ha- big half. Happens. My Wi-Fi is junk, so if, if I sound terrible on audio, I apologize. This is uh, I'm battling through it. <laughs> It's the Wi. It's the Wi-Fi. It's the Wi-Fi pod for uh, Jordan oh, of the flu game. No, it's Spags it's the, the hotspot pod. It's the hotspot. I'm a hotspot <laughs> for my phone, so you you might I might sound terrible, but whatever. Golly. All right, so uh, I get. Listen, let's start off just super quick. Free agency, obviously, Patriots signed Jabril Peppers, which I I think we all kind of uh, like. It's funny because I. My first thought was, oh, it's kind of like the Celtics when they did positionless basketball. And then I went to tweet it out, and then I saw Keegan had tweeted it out, and then Spags had tweeted it out, and then they had quote tweeted Jonathan Jones, which is, and I'm like, okay, well, that's not an original thought. <laughs> I was like, I thought it was. It was not. Um, I kind of like it. I, I kind of like what they're doing uh, with this kind of positionless defensive back. What do you think, Bart? I mean, I, I like it. I don't like it. You know, you bring up the Celtics comparison, positionless basketball. Well, how'd that go? got Brad Stevens kicked upstairs, right? So um, I obviously it's apples and oranges. I like the, whatever they're going to do with them. And I, I think we won't have the full picture until the draft. Everybody's talking about this positionless secondary and, and switch to zone and all of that. And, you know, we can talk about that. And then they take Andrew Booth or Kyrie Elam 21. And all right. of a sudden it's back to business as usual. Maybe they're, they're, I wonder if the real comp is, what they did in 2020 when they just didn't have any linebackers on the roster and they're playing linebackers. It's uh, playing safeties at linebacker. Only one linebacker that year had used to trade over 40%. And that was Juwan Bentley. So uh, I, the, I love the signing though. I love the player. I, I was a huge fan of his coming out of Michigan. And obviously he hasn't entirely panned out compared to what some of the expectations were. But if you look at the situations he's been in, he gets drafted to a Cleveland Browns team that goes 0-16 the next year, one of the most toxic, dysfunctional, single-year teams in NFL history. Kind of starts to put it together in year two. Then he gets traded to New York in the Odell Beckham trade, gets to New York, 4-12 and team under Ben McAdoo, another just disaster of a season. Then Joe Judge comes in, he gets a little stability in 2020, has a career year, over 90 tackles, 11 pass breakups. That was a career high, had a career year as a punt returner as well. 
Uh, and then he, and then he was off to a promising start in 2021 and he tore his ACL. So that's not just, you know, it's nature versus nurture. That's not to say he's going to come in and be the, you know, borderline Heisman winner he was at Michigan, but the Patriots have a history of doing this. They find guys, especially on that side of the ball that are playing out of scheme or out of position that other teams just don't know how to use. And they figure it out. You know, Peppers is one of those guys like Tyron Matthew or like Christian McCaffrey that we just thought watching him in college, man, if Belichick could get his hands on him. He's only 26. He's going to have opportunities to play. I just think there, there's so much untapped potential. There's That's the term I keep coming back to, untapped potential. There's so much upside with this signing, regardless of what it means for the defense, positionless zone, whatever. I think they got themselves a good football player and a guy who can potentially not just be a contributor, but an impact player for this defense this season. You know, I come back to two and with, you know, the whole positionless term, right? I, I think, do they not value that long press man kind of corner anymore? Are they, are they trending away from that because of the, the amount of speed and playmaking ability, not only in the league, but inside their conference that they're going to have to compete against on a daily basis when you look at their opponents next year? Um, you know, that, that's what makes me kind of lean towards that way. Like, hey, maybe they're just going to – I think you had talked about it, Parth, on your show. Just load load up with a bunch of slot corners and you know box safeties and you know under go go undersized, right? And and just try to compete with a lot of the speed on the field. I, I, it's one way to certainly slow them down. But like you said, I think we'll know the big picture draft night where hey, if they go and draft a Kyir Elam or a Booth, someone like that, hey, maybe they're going to still stick to that sticky press type of coverage on the outside. And more on the inside, and that you know that in the in the box they'll go more athletic and fast. But um, I've been Daxon Hill is my number one draft crush now. He moved up on the power rankings. I'm all for him at it, maybe not at 21. I think he's a he's going to test well enough, or he certainly did at the combine in his pro day. That maybe that kind of bumps him up the board. I don't. I you know someone like that would really give the full picture if they took someone like that that early with how many safeties kind of fringe slot corners that they have. But as of right now, it looks like, in my opinion, no more man. We're just going to zone it up and, and just compete athletically on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So it, it's going to be interesting. I will say uh, some, some of these teams now, I, obviously the salary cap, no one really understands it, but Bobby Wagner is a guy that I was hoping the Patriots would bring in. Now, maybe, you know, we, we're just talking about positionless football and now bringing Bobby Wagner in doesn't really jive with that, but a five year, $50 million contract. I just, I, where the hell are the Rams getting this money? I just don't, I don't understand how these people can keep getting paid over and over and over and over again. And a guy like Bobby Wagner, who might be on the downside of his career, getting a massive contract to play. Now, of course, like it's going to wind up being that it's, oh, well, it's a two year deal worth, you know, $18 million and not really, you know, so, but still five and 50, you're just like, holy crap, that's a ton of money to give a guy that, you know, again, is, undoubtedly on the, in the second half of his career. Yeah. I, there, there's gotta be something fluky with that contract. I, I don't know how the cap works either. Every time I try to talk about it or tweet about it, I get dunked on by Pat's cap. So I've just kind of stopped doing that, but um, it, it, somebody's somebody, maybe nobody knows. Maybe that's how all these players keep getting signed. Cause literally nobody knows. Nobody on the teams know nobody in the league office knows. And maybe the Rams caught on to that and just decided, well, they don't, they don't know how to calculate if we're over the cap. 
So we'll just keep spending until they call us on it, right? It's like when you go to a, a sporting event and you move down to go sit in the front row and somebody shows up and says they're your seats, but you think they're doing the same thing you're doing. So you ask them to see their ticket and they ask you to see your ticket. And it's just like a standoff. Maybe that's what's going on. I mean, I don't think anybody has less of a clue how the cap works than Matthew Judon because everybody who's ever been a free agent over the past 10 years has gotten the tweet at this point. And it's, I mean, it's tough when like, Guys are playing the game with them too when they know damn well they're not going to end up in New England. Like the DK Metcalf situation, I don't know if you guys saw that this week, but yeah. like he's convinced that D- that DK Metcalf's going to be a Patriot soon. So it's been rough. But I wanted to go back to the draft a little bit because I feel like you know over the course of the last two months their top need. You know everybody talks about what are they going to do in the first round. That's what people care about. That's changed. You know every time they make a move, it changes. And I feel like it went from you know wide receiver to cornerback because JC Jackson left. But now that they're signing all these safeties, you know, maybe they're not going to go ahead for that, that number one corner, that traditional guy. Uh, linebacker was never really in the discussion because no one drafts, you know, off ball linebackers in the first round. I'm really interested to see what you think, because I'm kind of in the boat where let's not add another safety to this. You know, I'm not a sicko. I don't want 40 safeties on the roster. I think they need an offensive lineman, whether it be a guard to replace Shaq Mason and Ted Karras, or it's a, a tackle to kind of come in after Isaiah wins contracts up this year. So I'm interested to see what you think about that. Yeah, I so I, I agree a lot, you know, with the with the guard tackle thing. I the one reason I'm hesitant to tackle most years, I would think that's that's the pick. You look at specifically what left tackle's been under Belichick. Over 22 years, they've really just had three guys at the position. Matt Light, Nate Solder, and Isaiah Wynn. There was the year Trent Brown started, but Wynn was supposed to start. He was hurt, right? All three of those guys were high picks. Wynn and, and Solder were first-round picks. Light was second. And outside of Light, who was drafted in Belichick's first year, you know, Wynn and Solder were both drafted a year ahead of when they needed to play left tackle. Solder was drafted a year early, ended up playing right tackle because I think Sebastian Vollmer, he was either hurt or they hadn't drafted him yet. Um, and then he moved to left when, when Matt Light moved on. And then obviously Isaiah Wynn uh, drafted and they, they, they was drafted. He could have started. It was going to be a battle between him and Trent Brown. And then the injury settled that. Um, so I would think that, you know, I look and oh, by the way, all three of those guys, two senior bowl guys. So I look at this draft, Trevor Penning just checks every single one of those boxes, right? Raymond does too, but I just think Penning's a better player. But given what some of what Kraft and Belichick have said uh, over the last week, what the team has done over the last two months, I think a lot of the plan for this offseason is to mimic what they did in the draft last year and get immediate impact playmakers, three or four immediate impact playmakers like Mac Jones, Christian Barmore, and Ramondre Stevenson. Drafting a tackle to, in the first round to redshirt doesn't fit that mold, right? Um, and look, maybe maybe you draft a guy and he comes in and he beats Isaiah Wynn for the job. And then suddenly Isaiah Wynn becomes a valuable trade commodity. And at the end of camp, you flip him for a corner, you flip him for a receiver, you flip him for a pick. Like, I think that's the way it would have to happen. Uh, that being said, we look at this board and I've caught a lot of flack for this. I think some other draft people have caught a lot of flack for this. Well, I want them to take Jameson Williams. Well, he's not going to be there at 21. Well, I want them to take Jordan Davis. Well, he's not going to be there at 21. Chris Olave, not going to be there. Andrew Booth, not going to be there. Not everybody's going to go before the 21st pick. No, but if you run the, you know, if you run the simulations, if you really look at it objectively, Booth is a coin flip to me. 
Outside of that, they're not going to be there. Jordan Davis, if I was an NFL GM, I wouldn't let Jordan Davis get out of the top 10. I think he's going to revolutionize the game of football. I think Jamison Williams would be a top, he's the clear top receiver in this draft and a potential top five pick if he doesn't tear his ACL in the national championship game. All that's a long way of saying, I think the elite, the elite depth in this draft is about 18, 19 players. It doesn't help when there's no quarterbacks remotely close to that range. To me, the top quarterback is probably the 40, 45th best player in this draft. So on top of that, I think the, the, the range from 20 to 70 is all, there's very little separation between the 20th best player and 70th best player. This is a very long way of saying they're going to trade down. They're going to trade down and add top, I think really a top 50 pick if they can. If not, multiple top 100 picks. You look at the Kyle Duggar trade from a couple of years ago. I think that's a really good blueprint. Um, yeah. But yeah, I you know, whether it's, it, there's a different discussion. Wh- who's their first pick going to be? What's their first round pick going to be? Um, I think you laid out pretty much all the positions for their first pick. I would not be surprised if that pick comes after 21 overall. Yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. I mean, now, like you said, now those top, 18, 20 guys that you're right about that, but you got to remember now they're going to be quarterbacks are going to go quarterbacks are going to go Malik Willis going in the Roll top there. 10. It's happening. Malik Willis is going in the top 10. Like that's if Malik Willis doesn't go in the top 10, I mean, because right now, even look at the betting odds, like if people talk about the bet, I mean, his over under is like six and a half right now, I think, or it, it's pretty low. Right. So if you're confident about it, freaking pound the over. If you're, you know, if you're that confident about it, I, I just don't see how he doesn't go in the top 10 because people are chasing that talent look at trey lance still might not be ready to play for san fran this year they traded two first round picks to go up there and get them and you know it's one of those things where you look at it and say we're chasing that talent regardless of what else is out there we're chasing that talent and it doesn't matter and so i'd be shocked if at least one of those guys i wouldn't be surprised if two quarterbacks go in the top 20 just because teams are going to chase that they can talk themselves into sam Howell or kenny pickett or you know, or whatever, or Desmond Ritter, even like if if that's where they want to go. But I think I think Willis is the first guy off the board because of the arm. I mean, people talked about his throw, which went out of the back of the end zone. And everyone's like, "Oh my god, look at that throw!" I'm like, it wasn't even in the field of play. It would have been incomplete pass. What are we What are we freaking out about? Like, what are you talking about? It's just people just lose their mind because he can throw it far, and, and so and that's what they do. You know, it's like. The Jamarcus Russell and the the Jeff right. George who could throw it into the end zone. That was cool. You can't say yard. throwing it off his knee wasn't awesome. Right, that was right. sick. That's what I mean, right? So it's like I just but so okay, but then so like how many is it? Right, that's what I would say. Yeah, how many right. guys from that? Group? I would say two. I would say two. But then you're right. Then it's like, does that enough to to push it where you know to where one of those guys will drop to you? And I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is. But then the other part of it is that then who's going to want to trade up? Why is someone going to want to trade up to 21 with you if none of those number one impact players are there? Because that's the other issue. I think what, because I think what you'll have is an opportunity like this. So here's what I do. If I'm like the Panthers or even the Lions, right? The Lions are actually in a really good spot to do this with the 32nd pick. Yep. I, you know, there's going to be impact players on the board. It, whatever. And what was the one you're talking about? Carolina six, right? Um, there's going to yeah, be impact yeah. players there. Stingley, one of those top three tackles might fall. Um, if a team really likes Carl Laftis and still sees him as a potential top 10 pick, right? I Take that guy there, then trade up and go get the quarterback at 21. Yeah, that's a good point. That, that to me is what the Patriots should be hunting, is if those quarterbacks don't go, you're going to, teams are, like, 
what it costs to move up into the first round and what it costs to move up into the first round when there's quarterbacks on the board are two vastly different prices. Right. It's like when you look at a golf course and in the green fees on a Tuesday at noon and the green fees on a Saturday, right? Completely different things. So if those quarterbacks don't go, and if these teams are smart and they take those impact players, knowing that there's not a ton of quarterback needy teams in this draft, it's not a great quarterback class. I take my odds with the impact player in the top 10 and the top 15. And then I call a team like the Patriots, who I know is looking for value and give up picks to move back up into that spot and take the quarterback. And that probably is the best case scenario for the Patriots, even though it means they maybe don't get a guy like a Jordan Davis or a Jameson Williams. I think the best case scenario for the Patriots is those quarterbacks fall and they get a haul for that 21st pick because you know, what would be cooler than getting Jameson Williams getting like Christian Watkins or George Pickens in the second round. And then having two first next year to move up and take uh Smith and Jigba from Ohio state. Right. So that's kind of how I, did I just butcher his name? That's how I look at it. No, Keegan no. just lost his mind. Keegan's got to change. Yeah, his I just pants, had a, a physical reaction to <laughs> JSN becoming a Patriot. I, my body, I had shivers. It I was mean, amazing. That, that's an extreme scenario, but do you kind of see the picture I'm painting there? Right. No, yeah, yeah, you can definitely see it. It's not, And it's not far-fetched because we've seen, you know, the Rams and how Les Need talked about, I don't, like, I don't not value first-round picks. Other teams just overvalue them, and I take advantage of that. Right. This is a situation where the Patriots could do that, especially overvaluing a first-round pick that you're going to take a quarterback with. Did I 100% see exactly what you're saying. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that they look to the future instead of, you know, like you said with Kraft and Belichick wanting to add impact players now. Why don't we just wait a year? Right. We can add an impact player and then get a superstar, a potential superstar next year. Right. So I exactly. apologize. I'm currently filing a lawsuit on, on Xfinity and Comcast because nothing is working. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm joking, but um, – Segwaying into kind of our, our prospects of the week, I know I had kind of alluded to it earlier with the position, you know, positionless defense, and I I already said his name, but Daxton Hill, I you know, Barth, I know you're probably not as high on him as as maybe I am or or maybe the fit, but overall, I think if you can get an athlete like this, um, you know, in a, in a Kyle Duggar kind of trade that you alluded to earlier. That'd be pretty good value. I think they're open to playing him at corner. He did take some 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 reps out of the slot. He's really good in man coverage. Somebody that can kind of you can play around with it and put all over. I don't know his outside ability. I still think they're going to need some work there. But when you look at a player like that, if you have you know in your box or your slot, right, Jonathan Jones, Adrian Phillips, Miles Bryant, Jabril Peppers, and then a guy like Hill, I think that's a perfect kind of formula to be able to slow down a Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, those offenses that you're going to face two times a year. I don't know your take on it. You're, you know, on the fit of him, but that's somebody I've kind of talked myself into the last, you know, week or so. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be mad if they end up with Hill. I think he's a good player. I think one of the understated needs for this team for the last few years has been, they don't, you know, when Deron Harmon was here, right. They were able to do some really cool three safety sets with the two deep safeties, Harmon and McCourty. And then really in the bigger picture, that's such an important role. I, I don't think people understand how much Devin McCourty does having a, the next guy up, Devin McCourty is going to be 35, right? So I, I like the Daxon Hill pick because like you said, I think he gives you that athleticism you need on the defensive side of the ball. And he's a guy who potentially could be the next Devin McCourty, could be here for 10, 12 years playing on the back end of that defense and playing that role at a very high level. So I wouldn't be mad if, if, if they end up with him. Is 21 too high for him? Probably. 
Do they yeah. care, especially when it comes to the secondary, about overdrafting? They don't. So I think he's absolutely somebody who who should be on the radar, especially if they you know hold on to that twenty first pick. I, if they trade down, I don't know. Maybe if they you know thirty two with the Lions, he's in range there. But um, yeah, I mean, if they end I, up with him again, it's that need for immediate impact players. He's a guy I think could be an immediate impact player. I've completely talked myself out of a wide receiver at twenty one, or even with their first pick, wherever it is. So. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I hope I'm super stoked and surprised, kind of like I was last year with Mac when they were kind of sitting there at 15. I wasn't sure which direction they'd go. Um, but I, I, something just gives me an urge that they're going to go defense first and try to find, you know, Wandale Robinson, a Sky Moore, somewhere, Christian Watson, somewhere in that 50 range and really upgrade there. Maybe they'll see better value, but who knows? Sure. I like it. I like it. All right. I'll, go, I'll do mine because we talked about tackle. Um, and you know, going tackle early and I, I wanted to highlight a guy who I'm kind of high on, uh, as a late round pick six, seventh round pick may, maybe a little bit earlier, depending on, um, you know, what people think of, of his, uh, of his combine, but, uh, Matt, well, let's go is his name. He's from North Dakota, uh, small school, obviously he's one of the only guys I've seen that actually measured taller than, than he was listed. All these guys are listed, at, you know, at whatever height, and then they come in and they're an inch or two shorter. Uh, this guy was listed at six seven three zero five. Came into the combine at six eight three twelve. Guy's a friggin' monster. Thirty six inch arms. Thirty six inch arms. Ten and a half. Ten and a quarter inch hands. Um, you know, he just he's a beast. Also ran a five a five point zero three forty and at a 30-inch vert with 113-inch uh, broad jump. So he's a he's a decent athlete, allowed zero sacks and only eight pressures last year. Uh, obviously a smaller school, but here's a guy that, you know, he fits kind of that profile that they like where he's a fairly athletic, not super athletic, but a fairly athletic guy that has the height, that has the size, that can build onto that frame a little bit, uh, and they can teach him how to play the tackle position. Um, you know, more effectively than he, than he did in college necessarily. And again, because, because it was against a smaller competition and, you know, you have the added benefit of the fact that you don't have to spend that first round pick on him. You can get those high impact players right away. And now in the fifth, sixth round, you can go after a guy that can be a, a developmental right or left tackle for you, depending on which one you want to go with. I like it. That was yeah. good. And I'm going to I'm going to go next because Barth it's a surprise for all of us of who he's going to pick. Uh I hope it's a, a specific player, but who knows. Um <laughs> I have kind of made it my lane where I've I'm done with the first round. I'm over it already. It ha- it's a month away and I'm just done with it. Uh I'm a third round guy and you know I'm an offensive line guy. So, I'm going with Chris Paul because they just don't have a second starting guard. I, there's like there's a ton of guards on the roster. I don't think Arlington Hambright's going to start week one for them next year, so I think they Good. need to add somebody. I like Drew uh, Desjardins, I believe is how you say his name. I like him. He's very fun to watch, but I don't think he's going to start either coming out of the CFL. So Chris Paul, guy out of Tulsa who Matt Grow went to his pro day, was, was present, watched, watched him. There's a, a tackle there as well who's going to get drafted this year. So uh, watching two offensive linemen, but th- those are really the only two draftable guys on that roster. Um, and he just screams young Shaq Mason to me where he's bigger. He played tackle in college for his last two years, but he's a guard. That's where he's going to play uh, at the next level. And he's a run blocker. It's kind of what he does. He's not super fluid in pass protection, but he likes to get after it against the run. 
Reminds me a lot of Shaq Mason. I think he's a guy where if Matt Groh, who, you know, by all accounts kind of put things together last year for them in the draft, you saw in the video when they drafted Mac Jones, Bill says, you okay with this to Matt Groh? And everybody was like, why the hell is he asking Matt Groh if he cares? You know, it's because he was the next guy in line. So uh, I think wherever Matt Groh is, I've been kind of keeping my eye out. And that's a place and a spot where, you know, they're probably going to attack guard in that second, third, fourth round. That's where he's projected to go. Macro is there to watch him. So I think all the stars have kind of aligned a little bit for me to think he's a real a real possibility for them to draft uh, at, at the end of this month, I guess. I like it. I like it. All right, Barth, what do we got? Who's your guy? All right. So uh, it's not Matt Ariza. I just – it's so played out. At this, at this point, here's the thing. Like, at this point, if somebody doesn't know who Matt Ariza is, I just don't want anything to do with them. Like, my parents know who this guy is at this point. It's <laughs> – it's too predictable. I also misread Keegan's text. I thought it was I thought I was giving three players. Oh. So I'll try to run I mean, through these three real quick. I decided to get real weird with it. it. Here's two UDFA running backs. I am a huge fan of. Let's go. First off is Treston Ebner out of Baylor. Honestly, one of my favorite players in this class. Uh he's you know, comes from a pass happy offense. He's a really good, you know, catching the ball with the ball in his hands good pass blocker. Here's the sell though, why he's a Patriots target. He is a two-time big 12 special teams player of the year. Let's go. Excellent returner kicks and punts. So a guy who's going to come in right away, contribute in the kicking game. And then he can be that pass catching back. I think he has that upside. You get a look at him, you know, pool him with James white. Maybe they bring in another guy. Um, I think pass catching back is a sneaky need for this team. I don't think they need to address it high in the draft. But Treston Ebner, late day three, UDFA. Another running back. I think it's Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco. We're going Rutgers. He's also yep. a smaller guy, but he's not much of a pass catcher. But he's so elusive. He's got such a high motor. He never quits on his runs. He kind of reminds me the way he runs of Deion Lewis. Obviously, he's not that guy. He's not that elusive. But it's the same idea where he's an early down back. He's between the tackles back, but he's not big. He's just so hard to get a hand on. For defenders, uh, he had a great combine. I, I don't remember his forty time off the top of my head, but it was one of the top uh, among running backs in the draft. UDFA, I think he can be what everybody wanted JJ Taylor to be. Mm. I'm kind of over JJ Taylor. It feels like they are too. Um, I think Pacheco. He's a little bit bigger. He's got better ball security. I think Pacheco can be what what everybody was hoping JJ Taylor would be. And then for a third one, I'm going to go late seventh round UDFA again. Fidarian Lowe is an offensive lineman out of Illinois. Probably a tackle. It might might offer some tackle guard flexibility, but he's going to be a swing tackle. Here's the key with him. So this is Brett Bielma. Brett Bielma's at Illinois now. When Bielma was at Arkansas, the Patriots took trench players from that program left and right. Dietrich Wise, Trey Flowers. Um, First year at Arkansas for Bielma, and Lowe had a career year. I mean, his tape, from 2020 to 2021, it's night and day. So they like guys who show they can make progress. He made cr- progress under a former Patriots assistant coach. They like the versatility on the offensive line. They need offensive linemen. Like I, I kind of stumbled on this guy a couple days ago, and I was like, how the hell did I miss this one? Checks all the boxes. I love it. Those those are the best guys, and I feel like that's what we've kind of tried to get out of this is it's not just our favorite prospects, because I talk about Chris Olave every week. You know, we we all know who our favorite right. prospects are, but it's guys where, you know, they're not the top end of the line guys, but you look at like that guy belongs on the Patriots. That I feel like 
well done, Barth. You you captured the like, essence of this this segment. I've got I don't do like a traditional like draft board. I do right. I keep track of every player I reference in terms of the Patriots during my draft coverage. Um I have a hundred eighty I have hundred and eighty players on my board right now. It's probably gonna get to two hundred by the draft. I, you know, would you would you like to see them get Chris Olave? Of course I would. I've been, I was having that conversation in November. I'm so done with that. Like, I'm not saying I'm done with Chris Olave. I'd love it if they got a guy like Chris Olave or, or Jameson Williams or whoever. Talk to me, talk to me about Tristan Ebner. Talk to me about Jareth Stern. Talk to me about Connor Hayward, right? These are the conversations I want to have now. That's where the fun conversations well, and that's And not just that, but like, you know, when, when you're right about something, you know, oh. it feels good. It's like, we want to, we want to get the prospects that are good. And hey, listen, we can we can highlight first round prospects. We can highlight thirty two of them right. and be right on one of them because they're all first round picks. But like, if we start highlighting the later round guys, and then you hit on one of those, which Keegan and Spags did, like multiple guys last year with Cam McGrone and you know a few three guys, guys, baby. You know, so like, so that's and and none of them were Mac Jones, by the way, or Christian Barmore. So like, that's the thing where it's like you look at it and say that's where you know can we find the guys that the that that the Patriots are interested in because they have a type, right? And we're like, oh, that's right. the type that they like. And so those are the guys where you kind of like, oh, I like that guy or I like this guy or whatever. So um, you know, yeah, when you do the when you do the mock drafts, I did, I did I just, my mock draft, my second mock draft just came out and it's like, yeah, of course I pay attention to the top hundred, obviously. And I and I think I ended up with like five picks inside the top one hundred. But like the later round guys, those are the fun guys to look at where you're like, oh my God, like this dude right. from Penn State who ran a 4 2 at the at the uh, at the pro day only played special teams. Yep, that's a Patriots guy right there. Oh, is Put that um is that Benjamin Wilson? No, it's um Jesus Christ, what the hell's his name? I gotta I gotta look. It's uh this is great, great radio right now. Uh the, they, have, was, they have a special teams like only receiver. He's a Drew, former basketball he, uh, he's a D, he was a D three basketball player, transferred to Penn State as a wide receiver, but only covered kicks. Drew Drew He's talking about the white kid. Drew Hartlob yeah. ran a ran a, four, <laughs> ran a four two two at the pro day, and then was and then was seen talking with Patriot scouts uh, at the there end of the, the end of the Penn State pro day. I just you know we get to this point. I know there's a month to go, but it's like Chris Olave or or John Metrie or Jahan Dotson. Like we've had that we've been having right. that conversation since November. You yeah, know, exactly. literally. Like what more is there? I want to like teach people about the draft. Like I want people, right. like I want people to learn about the whole class. It's like, what, like if you don't get that part of the board at this point, I, I don't know. I did yeah. like the contents there. The coverage is there. You can find it. Where else are people talking about? Who is it again? Uh, Drew Hartlob or Hart, Hartlob, exactly. Hartlob. I don't know how to, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Hartlob. No, Patriots Hartlob, guy. the heartthrob. Print the t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. It's the guys we can make money off of. That's really what we're right. looking for. So how about how about uh John Johnny Petreshin from Pitt? Anybody? Nope. He's I my he's know. my version of that guy. He's okay. a hybrid. He played anywhere from defensive end to safety in, in Pitt's Love defense, it. team captain. Hell he had yeah. a really good game against Tennessee, came out, crushed his pro day. He's gonna be a guy that covers kicks in the NFL. Like he's not gonna get drafted. I think on like the consensus big board right now, he's like six something, but he yeah. just makes sense. He right. makes sense. And with, like between all these guys, it's not like they're going to sign all of them, but they'll sign one of them. Right. We all have our guy and one of us will be right. Exactly. If we're, if we're throwing guys out there, I'd, I'd love to give you one Barth. Cause I, I want to know if okay. you know this guy. And if you don't, I need you to look him up. Jason Poe. He's out of Mercer. He's a 300 pound fullback. He, yeah. you know, he played guard. 
Let's but go. he's like he's listed as a fullback. This guy, he he runs, he moves much better than Jakob Johnson ever did. But he's three hundred pounds and he's a tank. It's tremendous. I I had a high school football coach once that called one of my teammates uh, a tank, an army tank with a Ferrari engine. That was like yeah. his his thing. That's this guy. He he looks like you put a, a Ferrari engine in him, and he he moves. He's so fun to watch. Somebody slid in my DMs and was like, "You gotta watch this guy." I did. I love him. So I I threw him in our uh, in our spreadsheet for everybody. If you want to go watch. Love so it. I have like I keep a note on my phone just like when I'm watching college football in the, in the fall, like why a play, like players that stand out, and it can be something stupid. Like there was one he didn't end up coming out. Um, but there was like a guy on Wisconsin who was running down to cover a kick. And I thought he just had like great effort covering the kick. And I looked it up and he's a team captain added to the list. Like it, like right. it's that simple. So I actually had Poe on my list because I saw him against Alabama. I watched Mercer against Alabama. Yeah. He had and a great game. I actually didn't realize I didn't, I didn't, re- yeah, I had two Mercer guys on my list. I don't remember who the other one was. Cause he didn't come out. The guard, but, right? Yeah. Is there a guard? Like it, it comes from the weirdest spots. Yeah. Yeah. Sure does. No, those are those are the best spots. A Yusuf Corker was a guy like that. I he went to Penn State. He was a safety, and I was like, Is "This guy now? looks like Kentucky." That, that that's right. Uh, he looked like Doug Martin, but if Doug Martin was a safety, like just his arms were bigger than his the rest of his right. body. So I was like, "Got to add that guy to the list." Right. He's, awesome. he's like, he's just, yeah, and another one of these guys. Like he actually makes a lot of sense for the Patriots because he's they're gonna they'll take him in the sixth round and he'll play special teams for twelve years. Like, right. I don't know that he's yeah. going to play safety at the NFL level, but he can run down and cover kick. He likes to hit. He's a big, strong guy. Those are the guys they look for. Like, yeah. Nate and that's, Ebner. And, it's just and all these guys are different variations in Nate Ebner. Right. And ultimately, it's like, oh, you can say they're 600 on the big board, but it's like, so what? Like, why are we drafting guy 175 in the big board anyways? Like, you know, maybe that guy's just right. some wide receiver who we're like, oh, he's pretty decent wide receiver. The guy's never going to play in the NFL. But like a guy that's going to cover kicks and you know play the special teams, those are the guys that the Patriots value. So, yeah, you might think that they're the worst player ever and, and are never going to play, and maybe they won't ever play on defense or offense, but they will play special teams, and that's where the Patriots are going to use them. So, like, right. those are the types of things that they like to focus on. So, uh, anything, it, anything to replace Jelani Tavai, anything no to replace Jelani. Oh, get Tavai that guy the hell off the friggin'. That would be <laughs> that would be Johnny Patrician. He's more that that inside guy. So there you See go. See you later. I'll take him. Perfect. I'll take him. So. All right, we get we get the we get the countdown clock going. We get the countdown clock going. We have we have been doing we have been doing story time at the end of at the end of episodes. I got a hell of a story, a hell of a story. It's not a good one, but it's a hell of a story. My son woke up this morning around five, and uh, and he's like you know crying. He wants to come into bed with us. I'm like, you got to go to the bathroom first. So we, I walk into the bathroom, and I stepped on something wet, uh, cold and wet. And I was like, did you like pee on the ground? I opened up, I turn on the light. And there's just crap everywhere. My dog had had diarrhea all over the landing up upstairs. Yikes. Like all over the rug. I'm like, this is horrifying. So then I'm like wiping. Now it's on my foot. So I'm wiping it off my foot. Then I go downstairs. It's all through the kitchen and all through the dining room. I'm like, this is a nightmare. It's 515 in the Did morning. Did you? Did you burn your house down? That's the only option. <laughs> so I literally, we spent like two hours cleaning up crap. Stanley Steamer showed up today. I called them today. They showed up within two hours, 150 bucks, and they and they, and they they vacuumed everything out. Thank God uh, my downstairs was all hardwood and stuff. So it was just like we used a billion Clorox wipes, wiped it up, and then, oh, my God. It was horrifying. Horrifying. Shout out I Stanley. Had, I had three kids. 
we've I've dealt with all stuff like that. But a dog shitting everywhere with diarrhea, that that one took the cake for me, man. I I oh, it was bad. It was really bad. And so that that's how I started my morning. Luckily, I took a half day today. I was like, oh, I can sleep in a little bit. My my daughter's got an appointment. No, no, that's not the case. So, uh, geez, what a day. That was that's how my day started. So, right, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyways, that was my. That was my story for the week. Um, but, uh, but Barth, thank you for coming through, man. I, we appreciate yeah. you. We love, we love the draft talk. And again, this is what we like about the draft. This is our favorite part about the draft. And you are like draft nerd like us. And so we love that because it's not, yeah, of course, the top 40 guys are awesome. And we love them all. And they're awesome to watch. And they're fun playmakers. And, you know, this guy and that guy. But it's the guys later on in the draft. It's those guys that are the the, the unknown guys to the to the casual fans that – that's what makes it more fun. Uh, and so, and you subscribe to that as well. And so that's why we love having you. I appreciate it. Hopefully next time the technology helps us out a little bit. We'll get, we don't have this clock going. But. Yes. I mean, we can now see Keegan's thing and he's got more safeties said by sickos, which is amazing. But, you know, it's can never read time. it on StreamYard. I know. You know and I'm now it's it. now we it's pay there. for it. So I should be able to slander them. It's a bad. If you're, if you're going to start a podcast, go somewhere else. Don't go to StreamYard. We're yeah. going to get kicked off now and. Our money's not going to get refunded, but whatever. Uh, you know, stream. I'll cut this. I'll cut Google. Uh, we'll cut this part out. Google Live was the best, or whatever it was That's called. It. Google something. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what the hell it was called. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it, and uh, and we will talk to you next week.